0: Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. My privilege to welcome to the pulpit today um, the Reverend Andrew Bourne. Uh, Andrew was uh, the vicar for 21 years of St. James Church in Clerkenwell, London, uh, where we were uh, paired as a parish, part of the Diocese of London and New York's partnership. And uh, for the last several years, he's been uh, um, pursuing an entrepreneurship, uh, and he is the director of uh, Soulful Enterprises, connecting the business world with its soul once again, with the hopes of connecting the heart, body, Uh, mind and soul in the workplace. And so it is uh, a privilege to welcome him into the pulpit today to give us the gospel. Thank you, Jacob. And it's uh, a real delight to to be here again. I feel this is uh, my uh, American family. So uh, thank you for welcoming me back to, to the church family this morning. It's a pleasure to be here, but I'm also a little nervous, I guess, as I begin to to speak, because I know the theme uh, today that I'm going to focus on from our passages is all about living the Christian faith with zeal. And zeal is uh, defined as great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of an objective. And that's why I'm concerned, I guess, as, as a... Uh, I have the audacity as an Englishman to come and tell uh, Americans about enthusiasm. Uh, From the other side of the pond, we look uh, with uh, surprise, envy, um, confusion maybe of the sort of high energy, go get, can do attitude uh, that uh, you have as a nation, uh, which is uh, very different from our famously stiff upper lip. Uh, controlled emotions uh, sort of attitude from from the UK but uh, I speak because God's word is uh, a God of of zeal and energy and and passion and uh, therefore I'm going to suggest that as we begin let's pray together let's pray the word is near you on your lips and in your hearts. Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, the words that I speak and the meditations of our our hearts will be acceptable to you, that we will see your passion for for the lost, that uh, we will see your enthusiasm, uh, that people hear of your salvation, that we will hear those words afresh this morning and we pray that for your glory uh, being our supreme concern amen well in today's uh, readings we encounter various people who are full of zeal so in our one king's reading uh, we we read that elijah says i have been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. And that phrase, very zealous, is actually two Hebrew words that have, uh, both have the root in the meaning of ardor and zeal or jealousy. So effectively, Elijah is saying, I'm zealously zealous, or I'm enthusiastically passionate, or I'm, I'm jealously ardent. Uh, using those two words together, gives emphasis, it shows the passion of his heart, the thing that motivates him, the thing that gets him out of bed in the morning. And the passion of his heart is what? It's for the Lord Almighty. That's what he makes clear. He describes his zeal by contrasting it with the Israelites. Uh, Twice he describes his zeal in exactly the same ways, uh, by looking and he says to God, Uh, They have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've put your prophets to the sword. Their zeal is about rejection of God. It's about tearing down worship of God. It's about murdering those who speak uh, of God. His zeal, therefore, is exactly the opposite of that. As is demonstrated in the previous chapter, he contends with the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. Serving God in faithfulness relating to God in true worship, speaking of God's judgment and grace. That's, that's the passion, the zeal that Elijah has. And uh, he shows that zeal, therefore, is the mark of a disciple, someone concerned for God's honor on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew is, uh, is zealous uh, for, for wanting to follow and serve the Lord Jesus. And he describes how uh, Peter, when Jesus walks on the water, uh, Peter is the first to jump out with zeal and to to join him. His zeal is wanting to to take part in the action, express his loyalty to the Lord. And zeal therefore isn't just a, a feeling, it's shown in action. It's shown in the challenges of life, it's shown in our willingness to keep serving when many abandon faith. Many, uh, their faith becomes distant and uh, tepid. And we need that zeal. Uh, Christians, uh, as Christians, we're influenced so much uh, by, by people who want to pull us away. But uh, I, I, just, I thank God for those people, those Christians who have come alongside me, encouraged me uh, with, to, to keep my fervor and my love for, for the Lord Jesus. And the people who've influenced me are people who I've seen that energy uh, inside. Sort of it oozes out of every pore of their their being, their love, their delight for the Lord. I've seen that in in hard times they've faced, but they've kept going uh, with the the Lord. Because I know I can get discouraged. I'm sure we we all know that. Elijah knew that. And uh, our enthusiasm that we once had can start to seep. Uh, uh, away. It's easy for a zeal to get replaced with, with, uh, with tiredness, with cynicism, with self-pity even. And that's the struggle Elijah is having here. And the beauty of this, this passage is it shows how the Lord meets him and renews him uh, in, in his, his zeal. So what are the dampeners of, of zeal that we learn about? Well, the first is rejection. The first complaint that Elijah uh, gives to the Lord is that the Israelites have rejected him. He says, they have rejected your covenant. Not, not rejected Elijah, but rejected God's covenant. Theologically accurate. But actually, uh, Elijah is, is giving his heart here, isn't he? He's saying, the rejection that they're showing to you, Lord, is a personal rejection to me as well. I take it personally, because you, Lord, are the, are the one I follow and whose name I want to, to, to honor. He's been putting himself on the line. He's been speaking with zeal. He's been speaking even though all the prophets of Baal were, were laughing at him and condemning him. He's in risk of his life, he says, and yet his sadness is of that rejection that rejection that mourns in his, his soul. And secondly, there's the dampener of isolation following on from, from that rejection. He, he just feels dominated by the rejecters, and he's not hearing anything else. Elijah says in verse 10, I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Well, whether, whether or not that's strictly really true, which we, we learn later is it's not. Uh, that's what he feels, isn't it? That's, that's the depth of his, his heart, and that's what's distressing him uh, and th- th- that he's experiencing. He feels cornered by detractors. He feels there's nowhere to go, no one to turn to for support. He feels alone. And the third dampener that we see, particularly in Peter, is the dampener of our, our human uh, weakness. Peter. Is in the boat with uh, the band of disciples, and when he sees Jesus walking towards them, they, the disciples are terrified. I mean, you, you would be, wouldn't you? But he jumps out. He springs to his step because he wants to, to get in involved. But then this strong man of faith, or so he sees, sees himself, begins to sink. Why? because the storm suddenly envelops him. Rather than looking to Jesus, the storm becomes ever-present to, to, to him. And he, he looks away and starts to, to, to sink, overwhelmed. And we know that, don't we? We know that uh, our, our zeal can get overwhelmed by, by opposition, by disappointment, by the mess of, of life by being confronted with our weakness, our our sin, our inadequacies. And the the fourth stamina is ignorance. At the beginning of um, the the Romans 10 uh, passage that uh, we had read, just before our passage, Paul begins by saying this, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire, my zeal, as it were, and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. As the Anglican preacher John Stott points out, zeal without knowledge is fanaticism. As is also uh, said, isn't it? Uh, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing especially when we don't understand where that knowledge comes from. We don't understand its context or its its purpose. Paul's heart's desire is that people may be saved. That's what he's zealous for now, but it's not what he was always zealous for. He was zealous before for killing Christians, as many as as he could. He knows what it's like to have unfounded zeal. And that's why the great sadness of his heart is seeing many other people continue to have that unfounded zeal. Zeal for God, he says, but they don't know God. And that's the danger, isn't it? The danger is we can have a hardness of heart that doesn't relate to the living God. In our culture today, it's, it's so commonplace. To just ignore God, treat him just as a a swear word, uh, and to live life our way. And yet that's, it's called normal life. And Christians are often seen as odd. And yet it's not real life. Real life is we were created in God's image to relate to him. And the tragedy is that living his good, pleasing, and perfect ways Knowing his unconditional love and favor is seen as old old hat, impossible. Forgiveness, impossible. Purity of life, old-fashioned. Making Christ our priority at work, naive career, suicide. So how with those pressures that we face, how do we keep our zeal for the Lord Almighty? Well, the, the first way is by encountering, daily encountering the risen Lord who who saves. Ultimately, Christian zeal is founded in knowing what we've got, what we receive for, from God. When our, our zeal is founded on energetically doing things to get approval or to get status or security, then our zeal will always be about us. It'll always be about our efforts, rather than for the Lord. But Elijah's zeal was for the Lord Almighty, the Lord who provides, and has shown himself to be powerful without rival, to, to Elijah. And that's the point Paul makes in, in Romans 10, verse 6. He says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. And his point is that we don't need to go to heaven, ask Jesus to come down uh, as, as savior. He's already done that. He's already paid for our salvation on the cross. And we don't have to go down to, to uh, the, the depths and raised Jesus from, from the dead. He's already been raised. He's already the living Lord in the throne room of, of heaven. Therefore, all of us can cry out to the Lord and know salvation. He's done everything necessary. So everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul says, know that as a certainty. Have your zeal based on that gift that you've already received. Christianity, as is often said, is spelled D-O-N-E, done. That's what gives us energy, that's what gives us delight as, as we continue. Christianity is not spelled D-O, do things to get uh, God. Our zeal is the result of having been made right with God, not to get myself uh, right. I, um, one of the things I'm involved in is teaching students, undergraduate students, um, a course on ethical de- decision making in business and uh, it's the very final course that they do before they complete their degrees and um, there are there basically three types of students in, in my class. Uh, one type of student have no zeal at all, they couldn't be bothered and they just sort of do the bare minimum uh, in order to, um, to, to get through the, the ten weeks. Uh, there's another group of students who are always pestering me about uh, what's going to be in the exam. How do I get a higher grade on the assignments? You know, what, what do I need to do to, to get uh, uh, more, more marks? And then there's a third group of students who are always coming to me and asking questions about the content of, of the course, asking to understand more, doing the reading and uh, learning more. What's the difference between the group two and group three? Well, group two haven't yet achieved the, the grade they need to, to get the degree that they want. Uh, but group three have. They've already got uh, enough marks to get a distinction or, or whatever, and therefore their, their zeal is to learn. Well, group two, their zeal is to, to get uh, something uh, from me in terms of uh, 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 grades. And Paul is saying the passion of his heart is that people may be saved. He knows salvation. He's experienced that in a radical way. And he wants others to declare with their mouth, to know in their heart, salvation, that Jesus is is Lord. Because he, he knows that, he wants to share that. And it's good, therefore, to start every morning by remembering, who am I? I'm a dearly loved child of God. I don't need to prove my salvation today. But I can live today enjoying my forgiveness, as uh, we say here at Calvary St. George's. I um, was involved in a wedding last year um, and uh, conducted lots of weddings uh, in my time as an Anglican clergyman. But this wedding was particularly special because it was my daughter, uh, Harriet, my younger uh, daughter. And uh, running up to the big day, I worked like... um, uh, you know, well, as you can imagine, you know, everyone was working like uh, uh, like Billio, um in terms of getting everything prepared, and uh, what, what was my concern that everyone had a great time. Uh, but on the day itself, we had hired or Harriet had hired a, a wedding manager, an event manager for, for the day and when I got to, to the church, the event manager came, came up to me and said, "Andrew." I'm going to handle everything. You are not to do anything at all, apart from enjoy being the father of the bride. I will take it from here and handle it. And I think we need to hear God say that. Andrew, I've paid for your forgiveness. I will handle it from there. I want you to enjoy that. I want you to live at that. I want you to proclaim that uh, and have zeal for the Lord Almighty. So encounter salvation. And secondly, encounter salvation the living Lord who speaks to to us. There's something stunningly amazing about this uh, passage in 1 Kings. Uh, Here we see a very personal encounter between the Lord and Elijah. It reminds me of uh, one of my other favorite passages in the Bible where Daniel uh, is, is just frozen with fear and the Lord comes to and picks him up and says Daniel you're highly esteemed a personal encounter and again here Elijah has been fed he's had a deep sleep Uh, and when we get to our reading what does he have he therefore is ready to have this one-to-one conversation with the Lord who doesn't speak in uh, earthquake wind and fire but in that gentle conversation one-to-one just when he can can hear and, and listen, and God starts with this question that invites Elijah to be honest and open to, to the Lord to pour out his heart, so uh, as one commentator puts it uh, like, like this god 's asking Elijah when he says, "What are you doing here to this is a question of tender kindness he 's asking him to receive The full burdened heart of the prophet to whom the great privilege of being able to complain of his sorrow has has been given. Long denied but now given that he might be moved to reveal his desire to pour out his whole heart before the Lord. That's what we do. Every time we come into the throne room of grace in prayer, we're invited to pour out our hearts to the Lord who listens. So the Lord who is full of compassion, slow to anger and abounding in, in love. As Paul puts it in our Romans reading, the word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. Zeal wanes when we rely on our own strengths and, uh, and we realize therefore our weakness and, and sin. Zeal is renewed as God speaks to us of his power his strength. Zeal wanes when we, we think the world we live in is reality. A world that ignores God and assesses people on, on human performance criteria. Zeal is renewed as we enter God's throne room and realize it's about grace. As the Lord assures us that we're loved, valued, and forgiven children. That's God's delight, to raise us to his sight And speak of our adoption as his children. And the question is, is that the Lord we're calling to? Call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Call to him, cry out to him. And he will come to you and meet you with his word of assurance and of of grace. We encounter the living Lord as we hear him speak to us. And what does that do? It sends us out. It's, I think it's, it's uh, fascinating uh, that the Lord's answer to Elijah is to commission him to commission other people. He doesn't just say, oh, you know, dear, dear, poor thing, you've, you've done a lot of work for me, now have a break. No, he sends him off to go and um, anoint kings and uh, anoint other prophets. He assures him there are 7,000 other Israelites who uh, have not uh, rejected me and a love for, 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 for me. And uh, Paul again says, as we call on the name of the Lord and know that salvation, we go with beautiful feet to tell others as, as well. A zeal that we get as we see God's love propels us outwards to go and tell of God's love to other people. We have a father who gives us good gifts each day, prepares works for us to do in advance. He says, let's go into each day together. Let's go with the zeal of the Lord and zeal for the Lord. And he is with us, in us, and for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorgesorg give. Thank you for your support.